Shalom to all, and it is with great simcha that we begin learning Daf Yemi and Talmud Yerushalmi. We also have a bit of an introduction before we begin learning. Talmud Yerushalmi was written in Eretz Yisrael some two to three hundred years after the Churban Abayas, about 150 years before the Bavli was written in Bavel. Now, who wrote it? So the Rambam writes that the primary author of the Yerushalmi was Rabbi Yechanan. And there's many obvious differences between the two, between Bavli and Yerushalmi. Perhaps the most striking is extremely terse style characteristic of the Yerushalmi as opposed to the far lengthier Bavli. In Yerushalmi, the Gemara often asks a question, provides an answer, and then moves on to the next thing, whereas a similar discussion in Bavli could go on for two dafim or even more than that. Furthermore, the style of writing makes it challenging to discern with ease if it's an opening statement, question, answer, comment, rebuttal, or a new topic. And these factors, among others, make the halachal Misa unclear. And we know that with the notable exception of the Rambam, who very often paskins like Yerushalmi, as pointed out by the Gra and the Ravid, the majority of Rishonim tend to paskin based off the Bavli. Now, why is Yerushalmi like this? So firstly, Yerushalmi is written in a different dialect of Aramaic than the Bavli, so even one quite expert in Bavli is going to have quite the experience learning Yerushalmi. However, the main reason for this is simply due to the circumstances under which the Yerushalmi was written. The Yidden living in Eretz Yisrael at the time were subject to terrible persecution by the Romans, which eventually led them to being expelled from Eretz Yisrael. And due to those extremely trying times, there wasn't any time, ability, or headspace to be able to clarify everything the way the Bavli does, which means that the Yerushalmi didn't go through multiple birum and clarifications like the Bavli did. As primarily for that reason as well, that there are so many different gersais and opinions of what the proper text is supposed to be. Now, what makes things even more exciting is the noticeable dearth of Rishonim on Yerushalmi. There's no Rashi, Taisvis, Rifa, Rush, no Rajba, Ritva, Ramban, and that leaves us with the commentary of some of the great Achreinim, which although they do open our eyes significantly, it's definitely difficult to learn a Gemara without Rashi, especially once one has already tasted the sweetness and seeming simplicity of his explanations. Now, it is important to note that although we've been saying that figuring out what's being said is somewhat of a puzzle, the Yerushalmi isn't as challenging as Bavli from an analytical perspective. Once the language is understood and the Girsa is clarified, the discussions are fairly easy to follow, and much of the complexity found in the Shaklavatari of the Bavli is not present in the Yerushalmi, which really leads us to our next point, which is perhaps on a little bit more of a spiritual plane. There's a Ritva who says that the Yerushalmi is more Nahirin, it's bright or light or lichtig. The Gemara says that Rabzera fasted so that he could forget Bavli in order to be able to learn Yerushalmi, and the Mepharshim explained that it was because of this. And similarly, the Hemek Davar writes that the Yerushalmi and Bavli can be compared to the Luchas Rishainis and Shniyais, with the Yerushalmi having an elevated level of Kedusha like the Luchas Rishainis. Now, the Karbon Ha'eda, one of the foremost Mepharshim on the Yerushalmi, in his Akdamat HaMesachas Shabbos, hints to the idea that learning Yerushalmi has to do with the Geula. And in Berchus Peretz, the stipler quotes Rabbi Yosef Chaim Zonnefeld with a fascinating gematria. The Pasuk, Tzien B'Mishpati Padeh, Tzien will be redeemed with justice, is gematria Talmud Yerushalmi. And the continuation of the Pasuk, Vishavah B'Tzdaka, is gematria Talmud Bavli. And this alludes to the same thing, that learning Yerushalmi is something that brings the Geula closer. Now the Briskorov is quoted to have said that this gematria is Ruach HaKadosh, and the Shmua is that Rabbi Yosef Chaim Zonnefeld said that this Geula factor of learning Yerushalmi is when it's done berabim in a more public forum, not just by Yechidim, by individuals. So what a schus it is that we have to begin learning Talmud Yerushalmi together berabim. And I'd like to take a moment to pay tribute to Mars Miriam Sarah Basib Yaakov Moshe, in whose honor all the shiram on Talmud Yerushalmi have been sponsored. And the great Hashgacha is that today is her yard site, and that coincides with the very first daf of Yerushalmi. We discussed that Talmud Yerushalmi is Nehirin, it's light, it's lichtig, and Mars Miriam Sarah was exactly that, an exemplary wife and mother. Her joy for life, enthusiasm for Yiddishkeit, and all-around cheer spread happiness and light to the people around her. Her house is open to all, and anyone that entered knew she would serve them a delicious meal and offer them her listening ear. Music and singing accompanied her throughout the day, a true expression of her special neshama. Also, as we mentioned previously, 
Talmud Yerushalmi was written by the Amorayim of Eretz Yisrael amidst hardship and suffering, but they constantly persevered through it all. And Mars Miriam Sar as well, no matter the challenge or struggle, always had Eina Mavadeh on her lips, imparting this message for all to hear. She's left a legacy to be proud of, children following in her footsteps, connected to Kutshebrichu, his tyrant mitzvahs, leading lives full of excitement for Yiddishkeit and helping others. And because all the Torah being learned in her honor, her neshama should have a tremendous aliyah, and we should all be zaychat of itzion b'mishpati padeh with the coming of Mashiach tzidkenu b'mher v'yomenu. Now, practically speaking over here, there's a couple of points to bear in mind before we begin. Number one, as opposed to Bavli, which has a universally accepted Surah Hadaf, Yerushalmi doesn't necessarily have one, and therefore the pagination and Surah Sadaf differs depending on the printer. Now, already for quite some time, the Vilnit Surah Sadaf has been the most common one used. However, we're going to be using the most recent one, which has been published by Ayaz Bahadar as well as Art Scroll, who once again did a most magnificent job. They fixed up many discrepancies in Girsaw, enlarged some key Mepharshim, and added other extremely helpful Mepharshim to the page, such as Rav Chaim Kanievsky's Pirush. Now, it is important to note that although the Ayaz Bahadar and Art Scroll versions are almost identical in regards to pagination, Surah Sadaf and Choice of Girsah, which is the area that they stand out above and beyond other prints available, there are a few differences between them. For example, sometimes a new sugya is going to start four words into the line in one print and two words into the line in the other print. Sometimes a slightly different Girsah is going to be used, but again, the discrepancies are very minor. It's just important to bear this in mind. And number two, because of the various Girsahs and different understandings of many Gemaras, it's important to stick to one Pirish in order to maintain consistency throughout the sugyas and to prevent as much confusion as possible. Now, in order to do our best to remain true to that, for Masechah's brachas, for the most part, we're going to be using the pirish of the charedim. However, there are a number of times where we're going to use a different pirish in order to maintain ease of flow of the Gemara. And lastly, just like we are starting the first Masechah of Yerushalmi together, Masechah's brachas, we should be zechah to finish this Masechah together, and of course, all of Yerushalmi together. So without further ado, we begin Talmud Yerushalmi, Masechah's brachas, Daf Aleph, with the first Mishnah, and this Mishnah is no different than the first Mishnah Masechah's brachas in any Mishnahs that you have, or in your Gemara brachas and Bavli that you have at home, the Mishnah says, From when does a person start saying Shema in the evening? Now we know there's a Chiv to say Kriya Shema twice a day, at night and in the morning. This is based off the Pasuk, When you lie down and when you get up, namely Shema is meant to be said at the time when people lie down in the evening and get up in the morning. So from when can a person begin saying Shema in the evening? So the Mishnah tells us, from when the Kayhanim enter their homes to begin eating their truma. This is referring to a Kayan who became Tameh, so he can't eat truma. He went to the mikvah. After he came out of the mikvah, he's Tahar to some extent. However, he's not allowed to eat truma yet. He has to wait for Harav Shemesh. He has to wait for evening time. So he's going to go into his house to begin eating truma at Harav Shemesh. And that's when a person can begin saying Kriya Shema in the evening. Now, up until when is a person allowed to say Shema at night? Up until the end of the first Hashmairas, the night is divided into three watches or Hashmairas. So he's allowed to say Kriyashma up until the end of the first Hashmairas. David Rebeliezer, that's Rebeliezer's opinion. A person's allowed to say the nighttime Shema up until Chatzois, up until halfway through the night. Now, Rabbi Gamaliel, Rabbi Gamaliel says, until Amur Shachar, and in the Gemara, we're going to be discussing when exactly Amur Shachar is. The Mishnah continues, Maisa, there was a story, and his sons came from a Beis Hamishta, which is a Chasana. Whose sons? Rabbi Gamaliel's sons. Now, Amrulai, they told him, they told their father, Rabbi Gamaliel, like Karina Shema, we didn't say Shema yet. Now, it was after Chatzois, but before Amur Shachar, and they want to know, are they allowed to say Shema? 
So Amr Lahan, he told him, If it's not Amr Shachar yet, you're chayv to say Kriyashma. And Veloy Zubavad Amr, it's not only that which they said that you're allowed to do up until Amr Shachar, anytime the Chamim said that you're allowed to do this following thing only up until Chatzos, the mitzvah is to do it up until Amr Shachar. For example, Hector Chalavim Vevarim, the burning of all the sacrificial fats and limbs of Karbanis, which weren't able to be burned during the day in the Beis HaMikdash, and they have to be burned at night. Alafam Beis on the top, Mitzvason Ajayel Amura Shachar. The mitzvah is really to burn them all the way up until Amura Shachar. Another example, Kalan Echalam Liyam Echad. Any carbon which is only allowed to be eaten for one day. We know some carbonists are allowed to be eaten for two days, some for one day. So a carbon which is allowed to be eaten for one day, mitzvah on murashachar, the mitzvah is to eat it all the way until murashachar. Not only is the person allowed to eat it the day that he brought the carbon, but he's also allowed to eat it that whole night up until murashachar. And it's only once it hits murashachar does the leftover meat become nicer. So Rabban Gamaliel just clarifies, Imkain if that's really so, which means if a person is allowed to do all these things up until murashachar, lama armchacham achatzais. Why El Chamim say that you're only allowed to do it until Chatzos? And the answer is, in order to distance a person from doing an Avera. If a person tells himself that he's allowed to eat this carbon all the way until Amur HaShachar, he might accidentally eat it afterwards, and then he's going to be over the Isra of eating Nicer. If a person says, oh, I have all the way to Amur HaShachar to say Kriyashma, he might end up delaying, and then he's going to miss saying Kriyashma. However, din, a person is allowed to do these things all the way up until Amur HaShachar. Therefore, you, my sons, says Rabbi Gamliel, should say Kriyashma if it's not Amur HaShachar yet. Now we begin the Gemara, it quotes the Mishnah, Me'emus Aikar Neshma Ba'arvin, Anantaninon, we learned in our Mishnah, Mishash HaKahanim Nechnasan Lecha Betrumasan, that a person starts saying Kriyashma in the evening from when the Kahanim enter their homes to begin eating Truma. Now, Tani Rebchir, Rebchir taught in Nebraisa that when is it that a person can begin saying Kriyashma in the evening? Mishash HaDerech B'nei Adam Nechnasan Lecha Piton B'Leilei Shabbos, from when it's common for people to go into their homes and eat their bread on Friday night, which means from when people begin eating their sudas Friday night, that's the time that a person can begin saying Kriyashma in the evening. And the Tani Allah, Baraisa was taught on that, Krevim Divrei and Liyah Shavin, that their words are very similar to each other. Meaning, this time that Rebchia mentioned and the time taught in our Mishnah are not exactly the same, but they're very similar to each other. Now, the Gemara Bezalman Alpha on top tells us, Esa which means come and see. Now we're going to have an issue. This time that our Mishnah mentioned that from when the Kayanim go into their homes to begin eating their Truma, that's the daytime just about when the stars come out, which means that's just in the beginning of the night. However, this time the Reb Chia had mentioned that we can begin saying Kriyashma from when people begin eating their sudas on Friday night. That's an hour or two hours into the night. And you said that their words are very similar to each other, meaning these two times are very similar. They're not. There's a very significant gap in between these two times. So Rabbi Yehesi answers, we can provide a solution or we can interpret this as talking about the following. With these people, from small villages that they leave already while it's still daytime and then they go back home early which means they leave their work and they congregate in shul while it's still day and after they finish davening this is obviously Shabbos davening they go back home and they're getting home before it's dark outside and why is it that they do that so as not to be ambushed or trapped by animals these people that live in the small villages in the middle of the jungle in the middle of the open areas they have to be careful not to be on the roads at nighttime because animals aren't afraid of them 
Therefore, they leave work early on Friday, they go to shul early, they accept Shabbos early, and they're back home early. So they start their suddas Friday night fairly early, and that's the time Reb Chi was talking about, and that time is very similar to the time mentioned in our Mishnah, We're going to stop here for the day, pick up tomorrow talking about whether or not a person's Yatsi Kriyashma, if he said it earlier than this time period, for now, everyone should have a wonderful day.